Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a spotlight edition of the Shotgun Start. It is late May, early June, something, whenever you're listening to this. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing uh, I'm doing great. I'm uh, excited to be here on a, you know, Friday night. You know, I this is, uh, these are the, the, you know, exciting Friday night plans of a 35-year-old who's recording a podcast. <laughs> The, the job calls, and here we are. We are recording a spotlight. This one, we're going to do a few on U.S. Opens or characters uh, that had U.S. You know, a significant history at the U.S. Open over the next month or so. This first one, with the U.S. Women's Open at Olympic Club uh, bearing down on us quickly, this one will be on the 2005 U.S. Women's Open at Cherry Hills, which Birdie Kim won. It is uh, brought to you by and supported by the U.S. Open Victory Club and the U.S. Women's Open. Uh, join the Victory Club. We talked about this last year. The USGA came on. You know, they make some of these spotlights uh, possible. They're a lot of work. They're a lot of extra work. And somehow we end up recording this on a Friday night. But the USGA support um, makes them possible. With the Victory Club, you uh, it, it costs a whopping zero dollars, zero cents to join. You just put your name in. What? Free ninety nine. Free ninety nine. That's terrible. That's a terrible joke. But I, it, it got me good. All right, you get uh, you get kind of latest news on the Women's Open and the U.S. Open. You get early access to ticket offers and packages. I actually got my cousin tickets. I think I've talked about this to this Women's Open at Olympic. He lives in Northern California. Has a couple daughters. They're gonna go up. Uh, it was a ridiculous price. I know some of this is brought on by the pandemic and limited fans and parking and all that stuff, but it's honestly one of the better better deals I've ever seen, and I was happy to hook them up. So you get early access to ticket offers, you get virtual experiences, limited edition merchandise. They're working on a couple of their different like play U.S. Open courses and things like that. Cost nothing. Join the Victory Club for uh, get the latest on the U.S. Women's Open and the U.S. Open. All right. There's gonna be cool stuff. I think they got more and more planned for it too. So yeah, get in yeah. now. Get in at the ground floor. You know, maybe this isn't last year would have been the ground floor. floor. Too. This might be yeah. second floor. Yeah. Maybe last year was the basement. Maybe this is the Who ground knows? floor. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. I don't want to get into a kind of a linguistic debate on whether that ground floor would be the basement. Would it not? Well, or ground is the ground level. Yeah. yeah. Underground right. would be the basement. Okay. Okay. All right. Why How did the why the term basement come about? That's a great question. I have to look that up. The cellar? Why isn't it yeah, like why isn't it room under 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 room or something? I don't know. The basement is an odd term for sure. I mean yeah. it's the basement. I get of the, house. the base I that's where it starts. But yeah. then why it meant 
Who knows, man? Who knows? We'll have to look into that for another time. The 2005 U.S. Women's Open. Why did we pick this one? Why did what jumped off the page? I was curious. Like, I remember the name Birdie Kim. Obviously, it's not like hard to forget. Uh, I I remembered it being one of the craziest finishes of any U.S. Women's Open um, of all time. There was a incredible leaderboard in terms of yep. different names and storylines. Yep. Um, and you know, it just was, it's a Bernie Kim legend. As know? is often the case when you get an incredible leaderboard, you have sort of this, this one hit wonder, right? I mean, the, the definition of a one hit wonder kind of came and went. This was her only win on the LPGA. It was her first time playing, I believe the U S women's open. Yeah. Um, you have all these storylines. You have 15 year old Michelle. Wee is like play. She plays with Bernie Kim, I think in the second to last group, uh, she was leading for 15 years old, leading, you know, 18 hold, 54 hold, like, uh, 36 hold. Like she was in contention all the way through until Sunday. It, it did not go well Sunday. You've got two other amateurs that are contending one that led for much of the weekend in Morgan Pressel, Brittany Lane, 19 year old, uh, more established, a little older, had, had been, I think a two-time All-American two-time at, Duke All-American. at that point. These were um, both of them turned so, pro shortly after this this U.S. Uh, Women's Open. They so uh, you had like the real they finished three levels up. of amateur. Lane yeah. was nineteen, Pressel seventeen, we fifteen, and they were all kind of right there. Yeah, and the, uh, two of them finished second. So the big biggest winners were you know Natalie Gulbis and Laurie Kane. Kane got that cash. Uh, got the cash because you know the for finishing T fourth, they got uh, they got second place money. Yeah. So I watched, so Birdie Kim was just kind of like out there lurking. And the big storyline entering, it was Annika Sorenstam going for the, the calendar slam. She'd won the first two of, of the year. Uh, There's all this hype. She'd won She'd won, she'd won six times. Majors it, at that point? Okay. And she'd won six times this year, just in the calendar year heading into this. She won a bunch yep. more the rest of the year. This was, yeah, 2005 was arguably her most dominant year uh, in golf. Um, She, of course, finished T23 in this event, which was her worst finish in a professional event in three years. I want to say, and it was a really, really hard, challenging scoring conditions. I want to say I read something about, like, it was like the first time she finished over par and some, like, astronomical amount of time um it was it was the first time in four years she shot over par in a 72 hole event now like cherry hills was it kicked everybody's ass i think two Mm -hmm. over won it so like everybody was over par but four years that's kind of impossible that's hard to fathom even like making cuts and stuff you drop you know it's so easy to just fall the one over four years with shooting over par in a 72 hole event I so, mean, think about three um, years not finishing in the t- outside the top yeah, twenty. Yeah, that's so, utter madness. <laughs> Annika dominant storyline. You have the amateurs, these teenage phenoms, all of which, like, if we're being honest, they're Americans. Like, you have American audience, American broadcaster, and it's the U.S. Women's Open. They are getting all the run for sure. Uh, Lorena Ochoa creeps in and it has a shot. It's, it's kind of at the start of her real run. We'll get to how that went and ended but so you have all these dominant personalities and storylines and birdie kim is just like 
kind of floating through. No, no oh, yeah. pub. And then it ends in this flourish, which she holds out from a bunker for a birdie. Uh, the the puns, the headline writers just had an absolute field day with this. Even up to Johnny Miller at the end. He goes, Birdie Kim needs a par Kim here, you know, yes, out of the bunker I and up and down. down. Just bad Johnny lines. A lot of bad Johnny lines. So it ends with the flourish. She's just kind of floating through. I, I well, watched this like. I mean, to set the stage of Birdie Kim, I mean, it was her first U.S. Women's Open. She yeah. played 30 uh, times on the LPGA Tour heading into this event and had one top 10. Uh, a few months before this U.S. Women's Open, she actually changed her name to Birdie because she yeah. wanted to st- stand out more amongst you know the professional women, professional golfers with the last name Kim. So she had recently changed her name to Birdie. She had limited to no success on the LPGA Tour, limited success. She had some she, success. She had made and, nine cuts in 33 starts before this. Nine cuts. She was. She, she had made... She was um, she missed seventeen of twenty cuts in her rookie year. She won nine grand. They're almost ten grand. Ten grand in her rookie year. This was her second year. Twenty three year old. Um, it, it, I did you read the bit that David Ledbetter played a part in her changing her name? Yeah, to Birdie. Well, now that we've touched on, yeah, to stand out. I guess Ledbetter at the urging of of Ledbetter, she changed it to Birdie. Um, they asked her like why she didn't change it to Eagle. Do you have a thought of using Eagle? She, she goes, no, it sounds too much like a boy. So she stuck with Birdie Kim and then makes a birdie to win the U.S. Women's Open. So anyways, you have all these dominant storylines. Birdie Kim is no, not that. I watched this like the one hour movie in which they like compile the like almost like day by day. Here's what happened. It's, it's an hour and one minute. Birdie Kim who won the damn championship, won it all, makes her first appearance at the 49-minute, 47, 49-47-minute mark. So, like, pretty much 10 minutes to go is, uh, like, nothing. They don't even show how she did first round, second Like, just sort of this outside character at at, uh, at Cherry Hills. Um, and, and I thought Alan Shipnuck had a gamer on this uh, story. This kind of put it well. It should come as no surprise... We talked about these dominant personalities. It should come as no surprise that last week's U.S. Women's Open could have been a transcendent moment for golf, but instead ended in a four-car pileup. The scoring average was like seventy-six point something in the final round. Uh, let's go to let's talk a little bit about Cherry Hills. Yeah. So they had so William Flynn masterpiece in Denver. Um, has that been restored at some point recently? Do we I don't know? think what, it has what? been, actually. It's had seven USGA championships, had a couple PGAs. Um, had a BMW won by uh, the town crier, Billy Horschel. But, you know, I wonder, I wonder famous, if the baton... Pal- fi- famous <laughs> for the Arnold Palmer 1960 US Open. Most famous. You think the baton goes higher in the thin air at Cherry Hills? You think he's just right. launching that? Had to recalibrate his baton tosses? Um, yeah, most famous for, for Arnold Palmer's 1960 U.S. Open. For this this year, the 2005 is the longest ever setup for a U.S. Women's Open, but a mile above sea level. So they were trying to figure that out. They had the weather that was kind of dodgy first two days. As like every, I've been to Denver a few times. Like every afternoon, just something kind of rolls in, right? Especially mm-hmm. during the, the summer. Um, 
Allen will go to Shipnuck again. It was a, po- a poetic venue for this Open because 45 years earlier, it had been the site of that historic generational collision when Palmer, at the height of his powers, edged out 20-year-old amateur Jack Nicholas in one of the most memorable Opens ever. Michelle Wee looked ready to pick up where Jack left off, and over the first three days, she displayed a remarkable maturity in her game, shaping shots, controlling her distances, and scrambling with a flop shot she didn't have a year ago. 15 years old. Um, the crowds were like enormous from everything I saw. They were record-setting. I know at least on Saturday, at over thir- almost 32,000. Um, it looked like a pretty traditional U.S. Open setup. Am I, would you... Con- would agree yeah. with that. Oh, very yeah. thick, thick boy, thick girl, rough, uh, very thick. Uh, and if you miss it, very you're kind of hacking up. Yeah, the greens were rocks. Yeah. It just like you see these approach shots, and it just if you didn't come in, that was one of the things with Brittany Lang. Um, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty, is like she hit this like towering high fade, which gave her huge, huge advantage at Cherry Hills. Cause Morgan Pressel was like coming in a lot lower and she was having trouble holding greens in that final round. And, and Lang made played one of the best rounds on Sunday was hitting this high fade and, uh, and, and it really helped, uh, on the, at this setup. It was Some really good time- elevation change to that 18th hole incredible golf hole there longest ever par four for a women's open at that point um it was so a little bit about how it was just an ass kicker it was the first time a women's open champion was over par since 1998 at black wolf mm-hmm. run when Sari pock won it um at, at six over in a playoff um the final round the field average i said was 76.1 and there was only one round under par which was uh Lori kane of canada so it, it brutalized the field it was like your i don't know cliche u.s open that people think is the identity and then jumps off the page i watched the telecast uh, of the last round it 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 was like it's truncated it picks up on right when they're kind of coming to the back nine but they were saying that the rough was costing players three quarters of a shot so if you found found the rough it was almost like an auto bogey if you didn't hit the fairway out there um, which Why? could be similar to what we see at Olympic Club this week. Well, that's what I was going to get to. Like, it feels like there's potential for Olympic to be if they if they want. It. I guess it all depends on how they have it going set up. But it it feels like there's a real potential for Olympic to be an over par sort of ass kicking kind of like this in this mold. Um, why do you why do you think like why is Cherry Hills not on sort of the national championship tournament scene at this point because it's Are not there, long maybe enough. by choice not enough space okay it's not long, not long enough, enough. 7300 yards at elevation not gonna cut, cut it for the I just, tour i think it could be a great it could be a great venue to get back on the women's you know it it's just such a massive part of the country that it just doesn't seem to get enough professional golf, men's, women's, or otherwise. I know sometimes there's events at the Broadmoor, and I, I just like Denver should have PGA Tour golf, LP, like consistently LPGA golf uh, more consistently than it does. It, it, I know it just, I don't know, just feels like that's a real blind spot in a lot of the schedules. So, um, all right. Let's get to some storylines heading into it. Can we talk about Annika real quick? Because she yeah. is the main she is the main show at the beginning of the week and but but doesn't really threaten it. 
She obviously going for the Grand Slam. It'd been a decade, though, since she won a U.S. Women's Open. Um, they talked about how she was like the shy 25-year-old when she first, that was her first breakthrough at the U.S. Women's Open. Then she won it back-to-back, and then she had a nine-year break. Obviously won several other kinds of majors, non-U.S. Women's Open editions in the, those years, but um, had kind of had a dry run at, at she, the National Championship. She actually won the next year. But then she won the year after Cherry Hills, 06. Um, she was never really a factor. This is, uh, she, she, I thought it was mostly putting. You could tell like, they're like the golf gods. If there are any golf gods, she had like birdie chance after birdie chance from, you know, eight to 12 feet. Never really made it. Everybody's just kind of like will her to this grand slam, even like Sunday. She's not like, she's not really in it, but they're like, oh, you know, she could do this. She could threaten it. She could, if she shoots like. One under, like just holding out hope, you know? It's like one of those if yeah. Rory goes out in 27 type deals. They're just like, we're trying to talk themselves into it. Uh, but anyways, she's super conservative all week uh, because you need to be. Uh, and But she goes to pull the driver on the first hole on Sunday, thinking she's got to shoot like two under to get in it uh, and, and keep the slam alive. And of course, that is like the famous Palmer anecdote, right? He drives the first green and that miracle kind of, Final round charge, 1960. So she pulled driver and like hit it, clipped a tree, falls down into a creek, starts with the double bogey, and that was pretty much, that was it. She made, she goes, my game plan today was to be a little bit more aggressive, and it completely backfired. You know, she finished like with four straight bogeys, never never really got in it despite all the hype and hoopla. And putted like, putted poorly. She, yeah, and it was the same thing at, um, at Prairie Dunes when she was in the mix before that we did the spotlight on last year. Yeah. And that was like her big problem uh, at U.S. Opens for a while. I mean, her record in the U.S. Opens was just absolutely insane during this period of time. So, you know, heading into this uh, U.S. US Women's Open, she had finished. Let's see. She was uh, sorry. This is bad radio. Um, But she had she had gone. Two, four, or second, fourth, second in the last three U.S. Women's Open. So everybody expected her to win, you know, knocking on the door. She'd been so yeah. close. Like, this was the week that the putter was going to align, and it just didn't. Okay. Let's talk about another main character. Her probably primary challenger. Uh, about to be her primary challenger. Lorena Ochoa. Yeah. yeah. Ochoa never won a U.S. Women's Open. She's mm-hmm. a legend of the game. Never won two majors total. She won 30 times for, on the LPGA from 2004, so just starting, to 2009. So like a five-year run, she won 30 times. Obviously, you know, she hunted up early. That's a well-known story at this point. Um, she had won three times before this Cherry Hills U.S. Open. She'd won the month before at uh, Rochester, the Wegmans mm-hmm. LPGA. So it was like, this is like, an up and comer. She's streaky when she gets hot. And, look out. And she had lost a playoff to Annika Sorenstam just a couple weeks before um, this U.S. Women's Open in Phoenix, I believe. Yep. Yep. So she's a main player. She plays with Annika first couple days. Like she's like this, this newish brand name that, that's coming on the scene um, and had won already that year a couple times. Uh, She's sort of lurking, right? And then Sunday, as everybody's get just trying to like shoot 73, 74, 75, 
Ochoa makes this charge. She has four birdies on the back nine when then there are just like no birdies out there, right? Uh, she catches complete fire and she's a shot back from the lead at the time at the 18th. Team. And and the important thing, she's out way in front. You know, the yeah. leaders are on like the eighth hole. This is where the telecast, the telecast picks up with her 18th tee shot. And um, she... She is like, you know, at this point, the favorite to win the tournament because everybody's going backwards, you know? So right. it's not like if she had, she goes in, makes par, posts it, she probably wins, you know, in a she way. Had, yeah. Four birdies on not in the back nine. I think she was three under total on the back nine. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, that's a massive, massive move. And that, you know, that was her rep. She gets hot. Look out. So she's at the 18th tee, a shot back. Like one of those things, just get in the clubhouse, three over, two over, whatever it might be. And the 18th <laughs> hole plays uphill. It's got water that runs like kind of across the hole down the left side. It's a, it's a tough tee shot. It's the widest fairway on the golf course, but it's a tough tee shot because the water is on the left the whole way, and then the approach shot's up there. And, um, I mean, she, she hits one of the worst shots in major championship history. One of the worst. I mean, we talk, we've shared about, like, you know, Seve hitting into 15 on 1986, like Corey Pavin that hit it halfway to the halfway middle of the pond on 16 at Augusta. Like, this is up there. One of the worst shots you will ever see off the tee. Now, 18th you don't have is the to, hardest You just hole. have to watch, watch the telecast on YouTube. You don't have to go very far into it. It's the first shot they show. If you want to just watch a, a torturous nine holes of golf, Watch this. They the course is so hard. It's just just beats everybody up. And if that's your thing, if you're into that kind of thing, this is a telecast for you. But it opens with one of the, just an utter disaster. She so, she hits like a good two inches behind the golf ball yes. on this tee shot. She's hitting. Uh, she's teeing off with a fairway wood, probably a three wood. She hits two inches behind the golf ball. It's like a snap hook that ends or- up. Maybe 120 yards short of clearing the water. It was horrendous. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she'd even made contact yet. And Johnny's like, oh, hit it fat. Like yelling, hit it fat. Dan Hicks immediately jumps up. Looks like it hit the ground first with the club. I mean, this is Laredo Choa, a Hall of Famer. I watched I watched this the film. Like this 18th was the hardest hole of of yeah, the week. Hard, Score hardest, uphill. Hardest hole in ever. like recent uh US women's uh it was playing four over four point six. Four, yeah, it was set like up four, at four fifty nine to yeah. in the air in the you know thin air, but so yeah. the scoring average was like four six. So more it was essentially like a part five for you know a lot in in many ways. There was one clip earlier in the week like Sophie Gust Gustafus Gustafson like just hard hooked two in a row into this lake, this pond that we're talking about. Anyways, I chose one back. She drop kicks it immediately. It wasn't a drop Dro- kick. It was a oh, chili. You're dip. right. It's chunk. It was a chunk. Yeah, yeah, drop yeah. kick still goes pretty far. That's true. Drop That's kick true. still like a passable shot. Yeah. This was this not is- passable by any means. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, do you, do you mean, want jo- to talk about what Johnny says? Johnny's on the spot because you, you could. You have it. You want me to? I got it. I got it here. He goes. He goes, that was just a colossal. I hate to use this word, but choke. That's exactly what that was. She probably hasn't done that since she was six years old. So, uh, unbelievable shot. Like, you know, retease. 
he keeps going too. So then, you know, Hicks comes in for a second and he keeps going. He goes, colossal chili dip. She'll never forget that shot. If she would have parred that hole, she would have had a 75% chance to win this championship. It was not, not a good, not a good tee shot. Um, so she, she re-tees or she, oh, you know, just she gets out of the Made a complete, way. complete mess of this hole. That's the thing they were talking about. They were like, she hadn't missed like the dead center of the fairway on the back nine, and she hits this shot. It was just so out of the out of the ordinary. The other thing they talk about is they they said that she hit the same shot against Annika in the playoff a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. They said they're like this is okay. she hit the same exact shot, the whole setup similarly with, and she hit that shot in the playoff against Annika. So uh, Dottie was like. She had to be thinking about that shot when she hit that Interesting. shot. This is the only way she hit that that bad of a shot was that she was thinking about that when she hit that shot. I mean, you're I talking about one of the all-time great players hitting one of the worst shots in major championship history. I love the I love the hesitation. He goes, Johnny doesn't know to go there. He goes, I hate to use the word, but, but you know he loves to use the word. In fact, the choke, that's what that was. So then she she gets you know, Johnny a Johnny ball. in the telecast like the first five minutes of the telecast he just he just lays down some just pure Johnny lines. Um, so I'll get to so those I, in a second. On her second shot or her second ball, she blows her approach shot like into the grandstands, like blocks oh. it so far right up into these grandstands. I mean, this wasn't like grands the backboarding. Like these were not you know she's miles right. Um, up into so it. she had to re-tee. She hit. Yeah, she striped the was, next one. Yeah, she never cleared. She never cleared any land. There was no like line of and yeah, yeah. It was just um, right into the water. So he hits it up in the grandstands. Do you have Johnny's line for this? I don't. I don't. <laughs> like it goes in, and he's like immediately. <laughs> well, it's a ground rule double, but she'll be lucky if she makes triple. Pretty good. And she did not, in fact, lucky to make triples. She made a quad eight. She dropped four shots on the eighth, on the 18th hole. She, shot, well, she made a, a quad and shot 72, which was like the second lowest round of the day. It's a ground rule double, but she'll be lucky if she makes triple. As the ball's like rattling around in the bleachers. Um, anything else on Ochoa? I hate to bring up all the bad. Obviously, she played the hell well, of a round to get there, but this was like piece of the sunday story this is the thing so she doesn't win again in in, tw- in 2005 um after this 2006 rolls around and she wins seven times six or seven times 2007 rolls around she wins another seven times 2008 rolls around like she, the, she just then rattles off like seven wins a season from there on she wins Never her first did. first major in 2007 Never won a U.S. Women's Open. This was, I think, her closest chance. She had another runner-up. She lost by two. I mean, it's hard to say close. I mean, the quad drops you pretty fast there at the end, but doesn't tell the whole story of the final score that she was one back, and a par like probably wins it for her as everybody else recedes behind her. Um, oh, one character? other thing. One other thing. Yep. She has uh, her, her bag. Is Did you pick up on her bag sponsor? No. No. Office Depot. Oh, of course. Naturally. I saw some Cheerios sponsorships. 
on there. I think the, Nicole Parat, I believe, the Chilean. I think she had Cheerios. Uh, she was the 36 hole leader. All right. Real, real, can I, can I uh, mention a couple other uh, Johnny lines while we uh, yes, while please. we're here? Yeah. So these are all within the first five minutes of that of that telecast. Um, Johnny is, Morgan Pressel's putting, um, and he goes, Robert Duran's Duran hands of stone right now. Roberto She's Duran. Just, <laughs> Robert Duran. Robert. Hans, okay. All right. Robert Duran hands of stone right now. She hammered like an eight footer, oh like God. six feet five. Michelle Wee was just horrendous on the greens, like just yeah. missing everything. We'll get to and, her in a minute. And he said, yeah. "Putting in major, putting in, fi- in final rounds of major championships is like putting to an ant hill with a thimble on top." Good, good stuff. We miss you, Johnny. We miss miss Johnny. Johnny was oh. Johnny was f- throwing heat right at this point in his career. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Um, um, caddies were lining players up. Did you notice that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that is no longer allowed. Outlawed, right? I mean, was this the start of that, or were we kind of, had this been established by then? Probably. It was pretty This was the start of it. Then. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get to, uh, you mentioned we, Michelle We. She's obviously the main character <clears throat> all week. She's 15 years old. She's the most famous of the 18. There were 18 amateurs in the field. Three of them, you know, are in contention on Sunday. Um, this is Alan Shipnuck. She had the chance to make the quantum leap from talented tease to major champion. And when she's she surged, she's 15 tees, years old. Wait talented tease. She's 15. When she surged into a tie for the 54-hole lead, Sorenstam was relegated to little more than a sidebar. But we took a giant step back backward. With a final round 82, she was 11 over in the final round. Quote, more scar tissue for a 15-year-old who has yet to prove she can win. I mean, Alan had a high standard for her. Well, this was the thing that everybody was bashing her because she didn't play junior events and just mop up. She had three runner-ups in 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the end of a gruesome Sunday, she had missed four putts of less than five feet. On the way to seven bogeys and three w- three doubles. It was really hard out there for me today, she said. Uh, her voice hoarse with emotion. I haven't played this bad in a long time. So I definitely learned a lot of things. Like, obviously, Sunday was not good. But, you know, she put herself in contention at 15 years old. She had the 54-hole uh, lead, co-lead. Uh, did you notice who her caddy was? I did not. I So I was watching it side-by-side side with PGA Tour Live today. And it's Jimmy Johnson, JT. No Looper. way. Yeah. And so, like, I was like, I think that's Jimmy. And I like, so I went to search for like Getty images of Michelle Wee in 2005. A lot of different caddies, like kind of a revolving door of, of loopers. So I don't know if Jimmy was just the U.S. Women's Open and that was it, but that was her caddy at, at Cherry Hills. So she'd finished second at the LPGA, the Wegmans earlier in the month, playing with or the LPGA Championship earlier in the month, play. Uh, she played with Laura Davies. They like put her with, you know, kind of these uh sort of legends early. Her putting was just just atrocious, okay. right? I mean, like I, what was the she missed four putts of less than 5 feet, some of which were like two, Very short. two and a half, yes. something like that. Um 
I mean, she started. She starts with like a double. She had 34 putts. She thought shot 42 on the way out, and, and then 40 on the back. Um, and that was it. She was like, "I have to give my ball a GPS because it was lost." Uh, you know, I haven't played this bad in a long time. But she played with Birdie Kim. She, she goes. She went from first to, to what, tied for first to 23rd. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the, again, the leaderboard doesn't tell the full story. It's just kind of how well she played. I know you got to play 72 holes, but she was a factor all week at 15. Uh, she goes, but she was playing alongside the champion, Birdie Kim. She was there for the hole out from the bunker. She goes, I had, I rooted for Birdie all day. The 17th hole, we made a plan that we make two birdies on the last two holes, and she made a birdie on the last hole. So I'm really proud of her. Again, we'll get to more of what that, that how impossible it was to make a birdie on that last hole. Um, I thought it was interesting, like when it, was over like the game write-ups and stuff. We's next event will be. Did you read that? Mm-mm. The John Deere Classic on the PGA Tour, where she hopes to qualify for the Men's British Open. If she doesn't go to St Andrews, she will compete in the Men's U.S. Pub Links. Was that the one that Brad Merrick played in? Would have been 05 U.S. Pub Links, or no? Was that uh, maybe Brad too... Benjamin? Well, who was? Who were you talking about with Michelle? You had some Michelle Wee oh, published uh, fact. Who oh yeah, it? that was Brad Merrick. They lost. Think, they both lost in the fourth fourth round. It was 05. I'm almost yeah. positive. Good poll so on that. She went to John Deere the next week. While they were talking about every, you know, Morgan Prussell's going to go do this junior event or you know amateur event. It's, yeah, she was off to the John Deere Classic to try to get to St Andrews, the uh, the Open Championship. Anything else on Michelle Wee? You know, um, about just real quick, you know, so she's yep. in the, she's obviously in the mix. She's holds the 54 hole lead. And I don't, I think this, obviously everybody thinks Michelle, Wee, and they think that she should have won more. And that might be the case. You know, she might've you know, not won as much as you thought she should have, but let's just sit back and be amazed at, at 15 years old. She held the 54-hole lead at the U.S. Women's Open. At the Women's PGA Championship, she finished second. And at the Women's British Open, she finished T-third as a 15-year-old. That's, yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I mean, you're just like, seeing all that, you're just happy she finally got one. It gives you a little more context, too, for 2014, right? And yeah. just like what that, like the summit that that was to get there. Um, Listen and, to this yes. run. So she 54-hole lead. T second or second T third. Then the next year she's a pro. She goes T third at the ANA T third at the U S women's open T five at the women's PGA. So she had five straight top fives and the tournament before she started that streak. She held the 54 holy in a major as a 15 and 16 year old. Uh, another, you know, we mentioned Lane Pressel and we, uh, Paula Creamer was in it, like kind of yes. hovering a little bit, and she was like a main. She was a superstar at that, like a, a up and comer at that point. She had yeah, just so she turned had, pro. She graduated from high school. Like, oh four. At Spring. Yeah, and then won her first LPGA event. She became mm-hmm. the, the second youngest. I think it was May of twenty May twenty uh, of two thousand five. She won the Cybase uh, Classic. Uh, Let me tell you something. F- you know when I was playing junior golf. Paula Creamer was like just yeah. utterly dominant on the AJGA circuit 
um, for the for women. Um, and her her foe her, uh, on the men's side, the men's version of Paul Creamer at that time. Do you know who it was? I'm trying to think. Oh five. Oh four. Oh four. Who? Brian Harmon. Ah. Won everything. Killed everybody. Interesting. It was Kramer, Kramer and, and Harmon were just like the top top of the junior game. So, I mean, she graduated from high school, won her first LPGA event, second youngest ever. And like this week, she she had an eight under stretch through nine holes, eight under th- through a nine hole stretch. Like, so she was kind of like hovering near the lead there Friday, Saturday, and, and like Even Sunday, had already won she was in, in May. The mix. Yeah, and she was 18 at the time. So she shot 79. I mean, everybody kind of got. Another young American. Yep. yep. And, and she had a pretty good career, you know, in terms of, she had 10 wins, uh, I think 12, 10 or 12 wins. She got to number two Oakmont, in the world rankings. U.S. You Women's know. Open in Oakmont 2010. So she did get a U.S. Women's Open eventually. Um, all right, let's move on to the next young character. Uh, let's do Brittany Lane. How about that? 19 right. years old. I mean, this was kind of like the Lorena Ochoa thing, right? Um, she just got in the clubhouse. She just didn't do the quad at 18. Um, but she, was she a did bogey. She bogeyed uh, the last hole. She bogeyed the last hole, which would have got her. No, she finished two back. Two back. Um, thanks to the miracle hole out. But she gets the 18th tee. She's two back. Um, finishes as a co-runner-up with Morgan Pressel. Turns pro right after. I found this quote. She did eventually get her major championship. <coughs> so the... <coughs> Everyone involved in this, like, some were hyped. Birdie Kim was not hyped, but some, like, not of them, not all of them did the Ochoa thing. Thirty wins in five no, years. So, none like, of them but did. Creamer got That's a major. Tough. Pressel got a major. Brittany Lane got a major. Obviously, Michelle Wee got a major, but like, they didn't do the run of wins like Ochoa. It's kind of this. <laughs> this 2005 U.S. Women's Open was kind of a curse. Yeah. Uh, I found this quote kind of amusing, though. Lane's, like, in the clubhouse early. Because I was actually more relieved than anything when Birdie Kim holed out. Because I couldn't imagine being in a playoff on Monday. I mean, Every, she, everybody laughs, but that is honestly what I was feeling. This was a quote, like, in 2011 she gave about it. I was more relieved when she holed out, so I, I couldn't imagine being in a playoff on Monday. She's kind of, 20 uh, years old. Like, it's just honest. crazy. Yeah. The whole thing, or 19, 19 yep. years old. I, I, I just think that in the context, if this happened in a men's major, it would be like hysteria. If there was a 15, a 17, and a 19-year-old all in the mix, all amateur, it would be yep. absolute hysteria. And by the way, there's only been one amateur that's won it, the U.S. Women's Open. It was Catherine Lacoste in 1967, I believe. Um, so like, you know, again, never happened before. And you've got like three, maybe four, if you want to throw a Paula Kramer in there, Kramer was an amateur, I guess at that time, but still like these teenagers, uh, really making a push for it. So, so the most re- realistic, go ahead, go ahead. Lang, Lang has this finish in 2005 turns pro right after, and she doesn't win on the LPGA tour until 2012. Kind of amazing. And then she wins her U.S. Women's Open in 2016, 11 years after this. Cordoval, right? Mm-hmm. That was Cordoval. Um, okay. 
You want to go to the next character? Is this all right? The way we're jumping around, yeah, from character yeah, to character. So this is good. of of the amateurs that had the like the most realistic chance to win was Morgan Pressel. She led or was one back like every night, and then she was in the final group. She had the lead going into Sunday uh, with Karen Stupples, who got blown out to see like many of the people on Sunday. She, she was uh, in the mix. She just she struggled down the end. It was, like everybody was struggling. Yeah, I'm not suggesting like yeah. Yes. Yes. She at one point she made six birdies in a row, Stupples, which like just wasn't out there much on the at Cherry Hills. So she was Pressel, the reigning uh open champion at the time. Women's British Open, yes. Uh Pressel was the top ranked junior. She was the youngest. How come, ever how to... come it's the women's British Open instead of the women's open? How come it's the British know. for the women? That's a good and I think it's the same for senior, I believe. Maybe it's just senior open. I'm not sure. Um so Pressel was a top-ranked junior as well. She was had been the youngest ever to qualify for the U.S. Open at age 12. She was 17 this year. I think Lexi Thompson has broken that since. Yeah, by a um, few months. Yep. Yeah. Uh, she had four birdies in her first five holes. Like just, they they keep kind of characterizing her, characterizing her as this like fiery teenager who just won four of five junior events. Um, just like she's won over through three rounds, has the lead. Um, she's led the field in, in putting, um, kind of comes out hot early. I mean, she had like second. 22 putts through, I think she had 24 putts in the final round, which isn't necessarily a great indicator of how you putt, but like she missed a lot of greens, but she, she made a lot of putts. Shipnuck, I, this is the only place I read this, but he said Pressel is a high school senior from Boca Raton, Florida. I didn't know this, and maybe this changed, makes no secret of her resentment over the fawning attention lavished on her rival, We, You could tell she was dying to outplay her on Sunday. She did buy a mile, thanks to a big heart and a hot putter, but we'll have to wait a little longer for her time to come. So I guess maybe there was a little... I mean, Prussell was very, very, very accomplished junior. Went Won everything. Four out of five junior events that year alone. Had qualified at age 12. Uh, Alan wrote, you know, there's makes no secret of her resentment uh, over all the attention we was getting. Um, she kept being characterized as fiery. Did you see that a lot on the broadcast? Like they threw her putter on 18 after. I, I don't know. I oh, she got that. so well, she got so mad on her second shot on 18. She hit it into like the rough short right short. Yeah. Um, and she was like slamming her cl- her glove against her yeah her leg, and it's like you, you still got a chip to tie, like you know. Right, right. Uh. So this, so she watches Birdie Kim, and the she's in the last group. She watches Birdie Kim hole out from the bunker. Like we'll get to Birdie in a minute. Like awful, awful sand player. Like one of the worst sand players on tour, bunker players on tour, and holes out and this this hole that. I think it was the fourth birdie of the entire tournament, and I think maybe the only one, first one since Friday at the 18th. Nobody was birdieing this hole, so she, you know, chips in for her, holds out from the bunker. Pressel's like in the fairway, just incredulous. They show her like she puts her hands over her head. She's like shaking her head. She's like, I. And afterwards, she's like, I can't believe that actually just happened, you know. But she's still got to play, you know. She's got to try to birdie it. You talked about how she leaves it short, and like you know, hammers one through and makes a bogey to finish in a tie for second and two back just because she was, you know, trying to hold it, hold a wet shot. But I mean, real chance, like 
really, really good chance to become the youngest, uh, youngest major championship in golf history. She was walking up the fairway when she saw the reaction of the record gallery. She put both hands over her head in disbelief, realizing her dream of winning was all but gone. Um, anything more on Pressel? Again, highly touted junior. Hi, yeah, uh, well, almost I think- wins a major at seventeen. And then she has two LPGA wins. I don't know. Well, but she major. won. She won a, a major quick out of the gates too. That's the thing is that Kraft she. Nabisco. She won. She won. Would would have been the Dinosaur, the A and A. The yep. right at the beginning of the next year. So it's like right. okay, she. Or two thousand seven, not oh seven. Yeah. But like she wins there, and then she's in the mix of the oh seven U.S. Women's Open again. And you think that she's ascending to this superstar, but you know she only wins one more time in 2008, and it kind of becomes an enigma. She's so she's probably like 19 when she wins that major, right? Mm-hmm. In 07, she's because she's 17 in the 05. Um, that's how math works. But two LPGA Tour wins, which like same I as Lang. Know. Two two wins for Lang, five for Michelle Wee. It's a wild, you know. It's is. It, I thought I was. It made me think about the Sevy quote from his brother about how you know yeah. some people just play their best golf at different ages, and who knows if Morgan Pressel couldn't turn pro until she was eighteen. She famously petitioned uh, to turn pro yeah. at seventeen. Like, had she been a pro at age? 15 16 how many more events does she win and is that just when she played her best golf of her life um is the same could the same be said about michelle Wee? did she play the best golf of her life at age 17 you know and, and, and it's just a crazy thing to think that with pressel and Wee, it's probably they played their best golf before 19 yeah I, I mean, there is some solace in they each got a major, right? Like, there is that. Uh, it's hard to say, like, a two-win career that includes a major is, like, a total disappointment. But when you're looking at it in 05, and she's, like, she's a, a miracle hole-out away from winning the U.S. Women's Open at 17, like, I, I, I don't know. The context is a little different. I mean, they so, thought she was going to be the next Annika. Right. 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 I think she does TV now. I think she's helping with well and then the the person that became the next you know annika like figure on the pga tour just nuked herself out of the out of the championship by you know hitting the chili dip probably the best thing that ever happened to her career if she if she was in the more in you know she finishes second she might have gotten the uh cherry hills curse maybe that's why they haven't gone back could be um all right so let's get to birdie kim the winner uh, we've talked a little bit about how just sort of thin her career had been at the point. So this was like really... It didn't get thicker either. <laughs> That's true. So obviously, Sayri Pak had won. Grace Park had won. Um, but the whole run of like Korean dominance, obviously, this was sort of like still the front edge of it, right? There were 13... Mm-hmm. There were 20 Koreans in the field this, this year, 05. 13 made the cut. Yun Kim, Yun Jo were two of like the notable ones. Like they played with Annika on the weekend. Yun, Yun Kim did. Um, Birdie Kim was just not yet. Obviously, she'd missed a bunch of cuts. She'd made ten out of thirty-four 
in, in 34 starts in two years on the LPGA and had less than 80 grand in earnings. Um, and obviously it just changed her name. Uh, so the, she wasn't thought to be like one of the prime Korean contenders, uh, but she gets it done. She joins Grace Park and, and Sayri Park as uh, winners, the U.S. Women's Open. Uh, what do you want to talk about specifically with her with her play on Sunday? Again, she, she like barely part of the broadcast until like I mean, Sunday. no, she was. They were shown. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you're well, you watch the back nine on Sunday. I'm yeah. talking like the stories of the first three days. I didn't even recognize her. Go ahead. So it's wild. I mean, she. She shoots even par, which is an incredible round of golf, but like it was very patchy. You know, it was kind of scrambling. Yeah. She was not driving it well. She was, it, you know, she missed fairways on uh, 10. So that, you know, right when the coverage comes on, it's like, it's not like she played, but she got the ball in the hole, you know. So she, she missed fairways on 10, 11, 13, and 14, uh, and 16. And then she finally hits 17, 18. Uh, it's the fairways there to close it out. But like on 14, she she was inbounds by 9.75 inches. Um, yep. So she was right up against a boundary fence, which Johnny called a tough luck fence. A tough look? Luck. Tough Low, luck. Tough luck. Because okay. you can't move the ball. It's like your fence. Yeah, so she had I to take you. this like crazy swing. It was an incredible. The rough is so thick. And she has to take it like a, a super, she has to take it super inside. And she hits this like punch draw back into the fairway. Ends up just, just by making bogey, it was like a birdie there. Um, um, like I found something about that shot. I found quote year, years later, her caddy at the time, Miles Nixon was like adamant. You need to take a drop. Like you don't have a swing here. Like because of the fence, you have to take a drop after it was ruled she wasn't entitled to relief, she goes, like, no, I'm not doing it. She has a masterful chip shot out to, like you said, the left part of the fairway for a two-putt bogey, which was like a, kept her one shot ahead. And her caddy said she has an unbelievable imagination saying the drop probably would have amounted to a double bogey and falling back into a tie for the lead. It's, it's this, like, fence shot that, that is kind of the, the shot before the hole out at 18 that everybody remembers. Yeah, um, I mean that that shot was incredible. Like just in general, you know, like coming it's amazing when you look she never won again. No. And that she won this event like in she was really clutch on the back nine. Like and it's just crazy to see somebody win such a big event and know that they didn't win ever again. Like you right. know, it's the thing of watching it now and knowing like the outcomes of the careers is like God, she never won again. Like, this is wild. Um, especially, you know, she makes bir uh, birdie on 18, but, you know, she just plays really good golf. She birdied 11, which was a huge birdie. And she hit another bad drive there and, like, kind of chipped out. She hit, a, like, either hybrid or fairway wood into that green to make birdie, the other par five on the nine. And then, you know, she did just enough to win. And, obviously, the, the hole out was absolutely incredible it was it was the same place natalie gulbis was in the mix um which yeah. you know i she she made a bogey from that bu bunker the front right bunker Brittany lang hit it in that bunker made a bogey everybody was hitting in that bunker and everybody was making bogeys and she held it out 
So she's got 193. She uses this again, this impos- like very, very hard. 18 with the hardest hole all week. Middle of the fairway, 193. She hits a seven wood into this bunker. Um, you know, holes out. They call it one of the greatest moments in the history of all championship golf. It was just no, not a bird. They put it up there with Larry Mize. Uh, I saw Thomas Bonk of the LA Times called it the greatest like hole out shot, bunker shot since Bob Tway, 86 PGA Championship. Um, what's more improbable, Dottie Pepper goes, this is, uh, she had only gotten up and down out of a bunker six of 27 times, not up and down, not, not holding out up and down six of 27 times. And, and Dottie, as they're going through, she goes, not exactly a strong stat. And it was a tall order considered she was ranked 141st in sand saves coming into this week. Uh, and nobody had birdied this hole. Four birdies all week, and no one had birdied it since Friday. And, and this is the, like, was it lucky? I mean, it didn't roll in at, like, 100 miles an hour, but it was moving it was a lucky. little bit. I mean, it didn't yeah. see. I, it was, like, kind of a junk and run. <laughs> was it? I don't think it was, like, the best sand shot. It just hit the hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dottie had a great call. I, they all said ridiculous things. You know, obviously you you alluded to Johnny's what Birdie Kim needs is a par Kim. <laughs> After it goes in, Johnny Johnny says, "Birdie Kim, are you kidding me?" Uh, Hicks says, "Morgan Pressel just got robbed." Robbed, which I thought was kind of an interesting, ridiculous way to portray it. And then, like, uh, like what? Like, come on, like. Like there was a bad call, like by a ref or something. Like I, I mean, Presley still got to play her own ball. Yeah, she got Kim beat. pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I it, thought that was an interesting context, but whatever. Dottie says this makes Michael Campbell, who had won the U.S. Open a couple weeks earlier, uh, this yeah. makes Michael Campbell look completely predictable. <laughs> Well, that's that's sort of the story of this whole. If we want to do big picture, like you have this Annika slam going, you have Michelle Wee phenom, and then you have Pressel leading, and they're all juiced up about all these potential. And Lorraine Ochoa, they're all juiced up about it, and you got this hole out, which is one of the great shots of in the history of major championship golf. But it's from this person who never had done anything and never did anything really again. So let's get into a little bit about you know what happened afterwards um you know she got in like actually after it happened her and her caddy talked about the fame right that came with it there was like an article a couple weeks later when they were in new jersey at the match play it's like everybody looks at me a little different like i like is this like sort of the burden that comes with a win right as opposed to a heartbreak it's like now do i gotta play like are they expecting me to win every week expecting me to be like the next great korean player um, and she never won again. This was her only win. Uh, even her caddy talked about that. Part of that was um, she got in a horrible car accident mm-hmm. in Korea. Korea, uh, yeah. This was, she went home like during a, a break after, I think one of the, the match play, there was like a three, four week break. She went home to Korea. She got crushed. Like her car got sideswiped. Several, this is a Denver Post article from, I think, yeah. 2011 when they went to the Broadmoor. There were several bone, several bones in the left side of her face. This happened in 09, I believe, the car accident. Were fractured or displaced. Two surgeries were required to repair them. Her neck and shoulder were so stiff 
and sore that she couldn't swing a club for more than six months. She tried to come back in 2010, but it was too soon. She played two events, missed the cut, and she put down the clubs for another six months. So, like, she w- didn't have the talent necessarily to be uh, have the staying power and win, but, like, the car accident <clears throat> really sort of hastened the end. Like, that, was, that played a role in, in maybe her having another moment, another win, another contention of some sort. I mean, that, that is part of the story. Um, I found it overall, her major record, she missed 20 of 26 cuts. And it's her only top 10 was this win in a major. I believe it's her only top 10 was this, was the win. And, and just missed almost, you know, 20 of 26 cuts. Uh, obviously, it was a $560,000 payday, largest in women's golf, still is today. Uh, she became only the third player to win the Women's Open in her first appearance alongside Patty Berg in 47 and Kathy Cornelius in 1956. So again, like to get to Dottie's point, this just like just wasn't happening. There was no historical precedent and there wasn't any like con- like any form precedent for her in, in 2005. Um, anything else on, on Birdie and like what happened after? I, th- I that's it for uh, you know you you just hit on all of my points. I th- I think it's just sorry. I, it's just a crazy tournament, and I think the thing that just sticks with me is like I think in golf we have these we run away with our thoughts and predictions of what people are going to become after great performances. Yeah, and I think this tournament's a reminder that. While golf might be easy and look really simple for somebody at 17, it has a way of getting under it. And we've seen it even with like what the struggles that Spieth has gone through recently is that, you know, sometimes golf gets hard for people at different ages, you know, just because it's easy at one age, it's not tough for another, like another guy that I think of with it that ties into kind of the women at Olympic is I think of Bo Hostler, you know, and how he, when he had made that run at Olympic uh, during Webb Simpson's win there, everybody thought, oh, you know, this guy's going to win a lot of majors. And, yeah. you know, we haven't seen him factor in a major since then. You yeah. know, and, and I think that's the thing with Morgan Pressel and Michelle Wee and Brittany Lang. Like, you thought these were going to be the the superstars of, of American women's golf and were going to be and, – and it turned out to be, you know, the opposite, like where – they kind of not necessarily, I, I don't want to say disappointments, but they didn't ever lived up to what everybody expected them to be. Well, there's also this dichotomy there with like Bertie Kim was also a harbinger of, of the Korean dominance, right? Mm-hmm. Like that era hadn't really started yet in 05. And maybe you're thinking like, well, it's going to be Lane and Pressel and we, they're the dominant ones. Well, there was like this wave coming, uh, in Korea from Korea too. So that, that this is sort of like a real kind of snapshot of what, what might be to come in women's major championship golf talking to you about like you talking about those kind of the early flashes. I thought this was interesting. There was like a retrospective on the USGA website. Oh, by the way, like USGA has like a ton of resources now on video. You watch the final round. I watch like the, the official they have the best of YouTube. It. They have the best golf YouTube page there is. I know they spot they're like kind of sponsoring this, but like we'd say that otherwise, like we yeah. use it nonstop. Um, 
So this was USGA.com kind of retrospective. retrospective. Outside of the Lacoste amateur win, uh, there was Lane and Pressel, Jenny Chashiraporn, obviously that infamous one, uh, to say Repock, and Nancy Lopez were the only amateurs who who finished. She finished back of uh, Joanne Carner in 1975. They were kind of the only amateur threatens. But uh, this is, I thought, kind of an incisive quote from Pressel, which dovetails with your point. There are a lot of young kids who come in without much expectation, who at age 12 became the youngest player, Pressel said, who at age 12 you know, became the youngest player ever. Pressel continued, they just play. They're fearless. Maybe they don't play as cautiously as we do. This was Pressel talking like six years later in 2011 after she kind of struggled, right? She's thinking back to when she was 17. These kids come in without much expectation. They just play. They're fearless. And here's what Lane said. Amateurs are so aggressive and have no fear. I think the pros think so much. They think, oh my God, this is so tough. The greens are so tough. This is so hard. The amateurs just go out, relax, and have fun. It's just another golf course to them. And like this felt like the start of this dominant era and i thought the one scene that captured it so well was annika is like the the dominant player of the time and she's gonna maybe win a calendar slam pressel gets this you know she got beat but like you know she got beat by a miracle shot and she's in tears afterwards she threw a wedge against the bag when she doesn't hole out to force the playoff and she's in tears in the green after uh, behind the green and annika emerges comes out she goes, she, she just said, great job. You played real well. You are going to have many more times, so keep your head up. The words stun, but the words from the superstar of today resonated loud and clear with the future of tomorrow. Like, you just assume these things are going to, like, she's 17, of course. It's the future of tomorrow. And, and you know, she won a major. It wasn't like she disappeared. Uh, but even Annika in the moment was like, you will have so many more. She never won a U.S. Women's Open, Pressel. And, and I thought her and Lane's comments about how you play as an amateur, kind of speaking a little bit to Her- Podrick Harrington's comments at the yes, uh, PGA. That's like what, the, that, I just pulled them up. I, I Here's what he said. I, that's, I was just looking. I pulled those up because that's exactly what I was thinking about. Harrington said at the PGA, as you gain experience, you lose innocence. And that's exactly what they're talking about, the innocence, like how aggressive you play, how you don't think about things, how you don't have this scar tissue. His, his quote goes on, experience is not everything it's cracked up to be. I suppose if you drew a graph, there's a crossing point of equilibrium where you have some experience and a certain amount of innocence and enthusiasm. As you get a little bit older and you get all of this experience on paper, people think you get better with experience. But as I said, You've seen a few things, and you know in your game that you probably never wanted to see. So you kind of lose that little bit of, I suppose, innocence. It's great. It's quote. so, uh, it's so true with golf. You, it's, it's doubt, and you know, not believing in everything you can do. Like, man, it's something else. Yeah, but it's that equilibrium, right? It's it can't just be the fearlessness, or else we would see amateurs winning. Like we don't see a lot of amateurs win, but it's not in this instance. It was not uncommon for, uh, especially I, in women's golf, to have them contend. But it's finding some sort of middle. I think balance. there's this even is true for Tiger. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, absolutely. By like 2013? By 2010. 2010. By 20, by tw- 2008. Scar tissue. Yeah. He wasn't the same as he was, you know, like he always was going, trying to, I mean, 2005, 2000, those years were just epic yep. years. So um, that's a big theme. Obviously a massive, massive moment. One of the great major championship would be shots one. of all time. Ernie would be a great one for that quote. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So major, major themes. Rio? Although yeah. Rio never really did it. Never did much, you know, but the immense pressure of being 17, 19-year-old national hero. So. I think he just qualified for the U.S. Open. Good. Good. All right. That does it. The spotlight. I thought it was a good one. I mean, it's one of the greatest shots in major championship history, but it hits on some of these massive themes of these kind of hyped superstars as kids and what, you know, how do you live up to that? And what, what does this early taste of contention do to you and, and what happens afterwards? So, and obviously a primo venue, Cherry Hills. So, well, uh, and I think the other thing is like, you know, when I played junior golf, my dad said something along the lines of like, you know, it's going to be a lot harder for that guy to get better. And I didn't understand that quote when he said that, but now I get it. Is like when you're Morgan Pressel and you know you're 17 year old years old and you do that, like, how do you get better? Right. Like it right. becomes very like in the margins you're trying to get better on. I think I think this is the thing is you you chase and you try and do things to get better, but the reality is that there's so little. You can do like you're making such tiny little gains. And what happens is you get frustrated because you might not even see the progress that you're getting better when you reach this apex level of the game. And in mm-hmm. what happened, that's the most dangerous thing because then you think you need to make wholesale changes to get better. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but when you're Jason Kokrak, you can just keep improving. Because it's very clear what you need to improve. Uh, All right. Olympics should, you know, uh, I don't know that we have that kind of teenage amateur hype. We we won't know until we... Nothing uh, like this, at least. So, where you have Pressel and we. That's a good point. You know, we don't have any, like, super fiend. I I guess we got Yuka Sasso, though. Yeah. she's, She's 19. Yeah, I would say Amari Avery. No, but no, it, they're they're yeah, there's some that have been on like the junior, like Alexa Pano, but like mm-hmm. they haven't done it to this level. They haven't actually. I think the level of of women's golf is is at a un like the amount of talent out there yeah, is absolutely. like we've never seen anything like what the what we see, and that's part of the reason is that the talent level is so high. Now compared to like compared to 2005, it's just out like 10 X the talent level out there. Right. Right. You could have a Hanaka Shibuno come out, you know, that hasn't even played over here. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Alim Kim. Alim Kim. Champions, yeah. You know, so, um, all right. So that's a little appetizer for Olympic. Join the victory club. At, uh, I kind of feel bad for Alim Kim. You know, she's Why? had such a little time as reigning us women's open champ. Yeah, it is a short stay. 
How about Shane Lowry? It's like the opposite of Lowry. He's yeah, just been I know. That's fat and happy for like two full years. She gets whatever. Yeah, like Max Homa just had to give up his uh, reigning uh, Wells Fargo Fargo crown. That's true. That's true. All right. Join the Victory Club. Thanks to USGA for supporting these. Uh, We'll have a few more this month. uh, And we'll be back with you, U.S. Women's Open Week. (laughs) 